Welcome to the Stepmomming Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Skiles. Stepmomming is a wild ride, but you don't have to go it alone anymore. I'm here to give you validating insights and powerful shifts to build a stepmom life you love. This is your safe space. Welcome home, my friend. Hello, and welcome to the Stepmomming Made Easy podcast. I am so excited that you are here because today I have a very special guest. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. You just told me this is the first time we've ever met face to face, but I feel like I've just known you for years and that we've chatted face to face before. Same, same. I'm like, I think this is the first time, but it's okay. The first time, the best time. I'm excited. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's been a minute since we connected and for anyone who may not be familiar with you, I want to read your bio, give them some insight into who you are before we jump into all the goodness of question and answer. Is that okay? Sounds good. Awesome. Rachel G. Scott is a devoted wife, mother, stepmother, and Ohio native. She is also the author of the upcoming book, Taking the Five Leaps, which is releasing March of 2024. As founder of the I Can't Come Down movement, speaker and podcast host, she desires to inspire believers to walk in their purpose and assignment as they boldly take leaps of faith. I mean, is there a bigger leap of faith than step parenting? Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share with us some more details about the dynamics of your families when you first met your husband? How old were the kids? that each of you brought to the marriage? What was the relationship like with spouses? All the things. So um, I had two children and I was divorced. My husband had three and he was widowed. And, uh, but the, his first wife's mother was very, 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 very involved in their lives. So it kind of still felt like I dealt with a lot of those similar dynamics. Um, And then we have two children together. So uh, when we first met, his children were about 10 to, I want to say 14 or 15, and uh, mine were two and five. So I had the younger ones. He had the closer to teenagers. So they're a doll, of course, and, and mine are um, teenagers at this point. And yeah, we came together and, you know, had this, just thought everything would be blissful and beautiful and, you know, just the whole blending of everything. And of course, we had some great moments, but we had some grave challenges as well. Yes. Uh, And I think everyone listening is nodding along with like, yeah, I thought this was going to be great because I love my partner so much. And naturally, our families are going to get along and this is going to be perfect. And then reality sets in. Exactly. Challenges surface. What were some of those big challenges for y'all? You know, honestly, I want to share this story real quick before we dive in, because I think it's important as to the dynamics of me, which is I am um, a stepmom, but my children also, they have a stepmom. And so it was easy for me to fall into this trap of like assuming things should be done a certain way from that perspective, but also living out the very thing on another perspective. So one of the challenges I had with my own children and their their stepmom was hair. Like, you know, me doing their, me doing her hair, the, the hair getting taken down, something being done differently. But on the other end, like I said, my husband's first wife's mother was um, very involved. And so she did my stepdaughter's hair. And, you know, there was this moment where I realized that she, in the same way I would do my daughter's hair, because I felt like her stepmother 
wouldn't do a good job. The grandmother was treating me the same way. And I had this moment of like, look, you don't like being treated that way. Then don't treat other people that way. Right. And it became a key moment in my step mothering journey and co-parenting journey as a whole is realizing that we create sometimes these um, scenarios in our minds Mm -hmm. of why things happen the way that they do. And we respond by those perceptions that we have without taking everything into consideration. So I feel like I need to share that as I answer the question of what has the stepmother and journey look like for me? Um, It has been challenging, but there's also been moments um, where I've had to learn to pick and choose my battles and realize that often as a stepmom, the perspective and the things that I see, the reason that I see those things is to be an, an additional lens for my husband. And so I noticed things with my stepkids that he didn't see. And it was frustrating until I realized that there was a reason I saw because I could speak into that in a different way. Um, because, you know, the the parents that were involved, they were just so trying to keep a relationship with the kids that they weren't seeing some of those heart issues that were going on that I could highlight and have, and my husband could have conversations or I would have conversations if appropriate. So understanding that the role didn't, it wasn't always me seeing things because, you know, I needed to make a big deal out of it, but learning how to handle it along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I know that blending households can be so challenging were the children ever resistant to the changes? And if so, like, how did you navigate all of this? Yeah, there was, I can say my stepson, one of my stepsons in particular, when we told him that we were getting married, when we were dating, it was like, oh, this is cool. You're dating. And then when we said we're getting married, things changed. I mean, I think he realized that the attention he had been getting from his dad, the um, things were going to look different. And there was definitely some challenge and resistance to it that now he's older and there's a, the the blending component is definitely there, but I do think that that affected his overall experience. And even, even now I can tell that it, it, it affected it because in their mind, it was this, are you trying to replace my mother? And I made it very clear. That's not what I, (laughs) that I'm here to do, but I think that, that that definitely created a different level of challenge. So that was him where with my stepdaughter, there was an extreme clinginess. And so I, I had to figure out how to balance that with my own children um, and figure out like, what does it look like for me to be a mother to her, knowing that I'm not her biological mother, but there are some essential things that as a woman, I'm able to teach her. And I'm okay with like her calling me mom, like she'll call me mom. My stepsons call me Miss Rachel. I'm okay. Whatever you all want to call me that you're comfortable with, that works for me. However, understanding that my role as a mother figure in her life is necessary for her to develop the way that she needed to. Yeah. Did you have to talk to your kids about that as it was happening of, yeah, we've got people coming in and yes, there's this key component missing in their lives and I'm trying to balance this out for everyone, but that doesn't mean that you're being replaced or that I've taken any of my love for you and misplaced it? You know, honestly, I never had to have that conversation. And I think it's because they were so young and they had gone through so much. And so I think that that made it a little bit easier. My son 
actually wanted siblings. He wanted older siblings. And I, at the time, you know, when I was married, I was like, that's impossible. Okay. <laughs> like you are the older sibling. <laughs> so it was so weird that he would always say, I want a big brother. I want a big brother. So to him, he was excited about it and he's still thankful for it. You know? So I think that there's those that there is a challenge and there's other times where because you deal with other challenges, that's not your challenge, if that makes sense. So us, that part of it wasn't, we dealt with a lot of custody things on my end. That was the bigger part of our blending story and challenges and things like that. Yeah. Lots of challenges hitting you yeah. from all sides. Who kind of set the pace for y'all in blending the households and the families? Did you let the kids set the pace? Did you and your husband set the pace? Yeah. How did that go? That's such a great question. I would say we did. And we really took it on as what are some of the key things we want this household to have? So what traditions do we want to establish? We both grew up in blended families. My husband and I, we both did. And I was the youngest of seven. So our dynamic was almost identical to what I grew up in. And one thing that I knew is I had never had a holiday with all of my siblings, not once. Even to this day, have I ever celebrated my birthday with all of my siblings, Christmas, New Year's, any of those things. So that was one of the first things. I'm like, in order for um, us to do this, well, at least let's establish some traditions because a traditional family has traditions, a blended family should too. So even those small things, we set the pace when it came to that to help everyone to still feel like they were going to build memories. That was our goal is we want you all to have memories that you can go back to, even though you're a blended family and say, oh, you remember when such and such and we're sitting down at Christmas and you remember when you got in trouble or you remember when this happened or that happened. And we have accomplished that. So I think that what we did up front was say, this is how we want the story of our blended family to go. And from that story, we're able, we were able to, to establish things and create the, the family that we wanted to see. I love that so much. It requires so much insight and planning and sort of just kind of searching within yourself for what yeah. are my most important values. Right. But that intentionality that you brought to your family and the way that y'all were so just considerate of that experience for your kids. Yeah. Because as you're saying this, I'm nodding along and I'm like, yeah, I I don't think my four siblings have ever been in the same room. Yeah. Uh and how how sad. It is. It is. I literally have a sibling I've met twice in my life. Mm. And so I don't even know what she looks like, where she lives, you know. And I'm like, no, that's that is unnecessary. <laughs> you know? yeah. But that is a life of blending. That is a life un- unless we are very intentional. So my parents didn't have the tools to understand how to do it well. And so I just believe that that's that is why I was so intentional with it. I love that. I I think it's such an important skill for every blended family, especially for those who are blending two different households to set expectations up front. And the way that you've done that is so beautiful. Not just who's going to sleep in what room, (laughs) but being really intentional, especially about traditions. Traditions are so big for me. Uh, You hit on me too. (laughs) My my favorite. (laughs) But I I love that so much. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit because not only is blending households this massive challenge for blended families, but you've also got this other component of marrying a widower. And Mm -hmm. Yes, his his spouse's mother was still in the picture, but that's still yeah 
it's just this massive yeah. challenge. So in what ways do you think step parenting without their mom was made more difficult for you? Yeah. Uh, that's such a good question. Ooh. Um, I think that I was always up against the imagination, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, this image of who they thought their mother was. And so I was always kind of compared to that. And that knowledge may have come from, um, you know, the family members or from stories that they heard. And so I can genuinely say when we blended, I was in my 20s. Okay. So if you are in your 20s and you're trying to blend, I want to encourage you because I, it's not easy. You're, you're just coming out of that season of being a teenager yourself. And you're trying to, you're trying to figure out how to have a blended family. It's not easy. And so for me, um, I felt like I was sensitive, but I didn't really understand. I hadn't experienced losses in my family. I just, you know, I'm thankful for it, but that's something I hadn't experienced. I didn't really understand it. And I married someone whose mother passed and whose first wife passed. So there are a few things that, that I learned from that. Um, one of the hardest challenges for me was what is her place in my household, if that makes sense? Do I put pictures up of her? Do I, you know, just, I had heard so many different things and different people telling me things. And there were things I just was not comfortable with. I'm just being honest. I just, I wasn't comfortable with having pictures because nonetheless, that was still his wife, you know, and, but then I'm, I didn't want to be insensitive. So it was hard. And so ways I, things that I did was, you know, I would encourage them to put pictures in their rooms. If they wanted to talk about her, I would listen. Um, you know, I would encourage them to celebrate her life. A lot of times when they would celebrate the day she passed or her birthday and things like that by going to the cemetery, I'm like, you know, I really want you all to have another way to celebrate her life. So I would try to help with that as best as I could. But for me, I think the greatest challenge was the fact that my two biological children saw their mother. I'm here. They knew your mom is still here. She is not my mom. And I, we, we see what she's trying to do, but she will never be that, you know? So Mother's Day was always awkward, always, because my kids wanted to celebrate me. They were grieving. It was so hard. Like, it it was it was hard and there was no there was no way around it it didn't get easier you know now that they're older and they're able to it does it has gotten but when we were all in the house it was hard because i didn't feel i almost didn't feel like i have a right to celebrate even though like i did it was hard you know yeah. so um just understand that if you're going through something like that even as a stepmom um it's normal for you to just feel that tension that discomfort and to allow yourself permission to feel the way that you feel in that moment. But it's okay to celebrate what you are doing in your journey on stepmother's day, on mother's day, on whatever it is. It's, it's okay for you to celebrate the contribution that you are making to their lives. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing about those feelings and experiences, because I think unless you've been there, it's impossible to completely understand yeah. what that can look like. And the, it's just so heart-wrenching to hear about this guilt on Mother's Day because, yeah. of course, you deserve to be celebrated. But I completely understand the tension that you also feel. Yeah. 
I was worried you were going to discuss this sort of idealized version of their mom um, oh. and having to live up to this this image, yeah. like you said. And how did you manage that? Did you try to fill some of those same roles or did you set up a role completely distinct from that mm-hmm. with your stepchildren? Yeah. You know, I had a moment early on. Because one thing I realized is that my husband, and he he shares this story all the time, so I'm at liberty to share it. He was putting a lot of pressure on me because his first wife passed to be their mother. And so I was feeling this pressure of this expectation of being their mother. But I'm like, I can't. And, yeah. and, and, and hear me when I say this, I don't want to be. I don't feel like that's the role I'm supposed to be filling. And so I had to have a real conversation with him and say, they don't want that from me. So I'm getting pushed back from them because that's not what they want from me. And I don't want to do that. I'm feeling like this, ugh, like I don't want to do that. I want to be who I'm supposed to be in their life. And he was like, I'm sorry. I get it. You're right. You know, and I would have people say, oh, they have a new mom. They have a new mom. No, they don't. They have a new person in their life that is a mother figure. I'm, I liken myself more to like a godmother. I grew up, I had an amazing godmother and, you know, she poured into me. She gave me wisdom, but there was still a difference in the relationship because I wasn't her actual child. So, you know, we had that conversation and that helped because I had a breakdown. I was like, I can't do this again. Y'all I remember I was in my twenties. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to raise a three-year-old. Okay. And now <laughs> I have a 15 year old. Okay. So I was struggling with that. But after the conversation, what I had to consider is Rachel, what is your role in their life then? What is it that you're supposed to do? So I took some time and paid attention to who was already in their life. Okay. They already have someone, you know, cutting their hair and doing their hair. And, you know, they already have someone who's buying these dresses for them and um, all of those things. What is it that they don't have? And I noticed that for like my stepdaughter and my stepsons, they didn't have someone giving them solid, for me, biblical wisdom, but this solid wisdom that they needed when life really hit. And so every time something got really hard, they would come to me. It didn't come about when it got really hard. And I'm like, ah, they know that I'm always going to give them that. So I'm going to be consistent in that. I'll step back from all the other stuff. And that's my role. And when I started doing that, it completely shifted the relationship because I was now fulfilling something they needed and not something that everyone else was telling them they needed. So it, it, that was huge. Yeah. You're so self-aware. For your 20s, balancing <laughs> all of these things coming at you, that we all have to do that. Whether yeah. you're marrying a widow or blending families or a childless stepmom, you have to learn how to step into this role that's right for you yes. and let go of expectations others put on you or society puts on you or whatever. But the way that you did this so beautifully of where are they already getting their needs met and where are they yeah. not? And do I feel comfortable stepping into that place? Yep, absolutely. Let me yes. do that. Is wonderful. Um, yeah. It's a perfect perfect equation. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> And it worked out way, we were less stressed. I was less stressed. I felt more, and it gave me permission for my other children to be mom to them. Because I realized, because mm-hmm. I was trying to balance all those hats, that I didn't know. I was kind of trying to figure out, like, how do I, how, how is it okay for me to be mommy here? But then I'm over here. You know, it was just too much, too much, though. Yeah. So 
you were very self-aware and maybe this isn't applicable to you, but did you have any unique insecurities tied specifically to your partner being a widower? And if so, what were they? How did you manage them? Any tips? Yeah. You know, I think that um, I was always sensitive to how he felt about the loss. So when the kids were celebrating, I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't get in the way of what he might need that day. Um, although they were younger, so I think that it was a little different for him. And my husband's very logical. And so, um, but I, I created space in freedom for him to process however he needed to. So that that's something that I did. And I would I would engage with him and tell him, you know, what how would you like to handle this situation? You know, how would you, whether it be pictures on the wall, do you feel like that's a need? Let's talk through it, as opposed to keeping everything inside. There were things that I just had to process through myself, but there were other things I'm like, let's talk through this because if this is something I'm doing that's bothering you, then we need to come up with a solution for it. So one of the things I can say about being married to a widower that I think is very, very unique is I will always notice anytime I will walk out the door and specifically after an argument, he will always come out, say he loved me and give me a kiss. And I would get irritated. You know, when you're bad. You just, <laughs> no, I don't care what nobody says. You don't want any of that. <laughs> and I'm like, why does he that. And mm-hmm. I realized it's because he has a different understanding of just um, life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how angry we are. Look, I, he just views it differently. He, he, he doesn't take it for granted. And so anytime I walk out the door, that's what he's going to do. And so I had to take that into consideration. Whereas for me, coming from divorce, it was totally different. It was like, okay, I'll be back and hopefully we'll figure this out and, you know, move on my life. I just need space. So bringing those two together and being aware that he's going to, he's going to value the relationship in a different way and value those moments differently than I do because of his loss um, has definitely helped a lot in the marriage. That's such a beautiful insight and also devastating at the same time, just heartbreaking that you have to be aware talking about your husband's perspective that you would have to be aware that time is not in our control and that he just wants to be sure that you always know no matter what that you're his number one and oh my goodness that's like giving me chills (laughs) yeah yeah that's a it's such a sweet sentiment while also simultaneously being heartbreaking for where it comes from right so i'm I feel like I have to ask this question and it's so hard to follow up that beautiful sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of stepmoms deal with at some point in our journey, our stepchildren telling us, you're not my mom. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have to deal with this? And how did that go? I never actually had to deal with them saying that. Um, Mm -hmm. I dealt with it in more subtle ways. Like, Mother's Day, you know, or um, birthdays. Clearly, you you know, you call your mom on your birthday. I don't get that. Mother's Day, you get, you know. So it was more of those subtle moments of like, and this sounds so wrong, but I'm gonna just be honest. It's more of those subtle moments where I felt that I should have had a little bit of like celebratory in there, and I didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. that it was clear to me of a reminder, like, okay well, I'm not their mom, you know? So I think those were the moments where it was spoken, even though it wasn't said. And I think even when I look at the relationship now, it's different 
than what my adult kids relationship will look like. I mean, I have a um a senior right now and already he doesn't even want to move that far. He's going to college like 40 minutes away. I'm like, "Brother, go further." Okay? He's like, "No." <laughs> I'm going to go 40 minutes away. That's too close. You're going to get my refrigerator too much. So little moments like that, it's like, it's going to make it, it makes it clear. Whereas I'm going to probably see him more and they live down the street. So there's those, those moments where it wasn't ever actually spoken, but it was spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Did you lean on your husband in those moments? Oh, for sure. Um, I, one thing about my husband is, he's my best friend and I can talk to him about a lot of these things. Um, and he'll help me process through it if I'm feeling that way. But there were times where I didn't because I'm like, you know what? It's, it's okay. It's just the reality of how it is. And I might talk about not in the moment, but later in a conversation where it seems appropriate. Like, Hey, did you notice? Like, Oh yeah. I didn't even notice. Because here's the thing. I don't know if y'all know this, but our husbands don't notice a lot of the stuff we see. <laughs> Like sometimes oblivious to what's going on. I'm like, I've been right in front of you. They're like, oh, it did. Uh, yeah. So um, I've learned over the years to not assume he sees the things that I see. Yeah. Well, and especially probably in the earlier years or on her birthday or Mother's Day or any of these yeah. days that are especially emotional for those who were tied to her. He's probably doing some processing on that day too. And yeah. you bringing your emotions to him as well is probably, he's not going to be able to help you as much. Right, right. I mean, he definitely was processing more of how the kids were handling it mm-hmm. um, and how they were kind of being forced to handle it, so to speak, because the grandmother was really pushing for, we got to go to the cemetery. We got to do this. We got to, he's like, I don't think that that's the healthiest for them to do all the time. But then on the same they wanted to because they wanted to be around the family. That's what the family did. So he was more so trying to balance how do I keep them emotionally healthy in this act that I don't know is completely a healthy thing for them to consistently do. So, Yeah. I, I guess I waited toward the end of our discussion to share this, but my stepmom passed away after a long battle with cancer and left behind two kids. Mm, and my dad has remarried since. Thank you. Um, so my brother and sister their our stepmom right is married to a widower and so much of what you share helps me to understand not only my brother and sister's position better but also our stepmoms yeah yeah and i i mean i see how the cemetery how that feels what yeah. they want to do versus what they feel like they should do and I'm talking yeah. so much about the stepmom experience because that's what this is all about. I'm I'm here to encourage stepmoms, but I think there's also such a special place for understanding our stepkids' grief and processing mm. and all this. Yeah, yeah, oh. and 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 I just want to speak into that too. Um, I think the key is to listen. You know, for my stepkids, I think that had things been handled a little differently, that time of year might look different for them. And it would have helped them progress a little better as adults. Um, I think that it's important to listen to where they're at because we it's easy for us to place an emotion on a person to say, okay, it's this time of year. This is the emotion you should be feeling. So my husband, his his mom passed. And I always, you know, check on him around the time. He's like, well, you know, it's not so much the days that trigger things for me. It's a thought. 
or a smell or an event or something like that that reminds me of her. And then I, I have the moment and then, you know, but I don't stay in the moment. And so for my stepkids, my my biggest concern has always been the consistency of them doing that keeps them in the moment as opposed to like all the good things that their mother did. However, my stepdaughter was very young and so she doesn't have a lot of memories. So that creates a challenge because all of her memories are based off of what other people tell her. She didn't have her own memories of her mom. So that that was always difficult too, you know. So, and everyone would tell her, you look just like your mom. You look just like, you look just like your mom in a compliment way. But I remember one day she came to me and she said, you know, you know, everyone says my mom ran track. So I, I think I'm going to run track. And I had it. I was like, but is that what you want to do? And she just paused. She was like, not really. But my mom did it. And I'm like, but guess what? Your mom will want you to do what you want to do. And it was like something clicked in her. And she was, she was really good at singing. And from that moment, she moved into singing, which is where she was really good at. So she almost accidentally went into the wrong thing. That wasn't her area of gifting, trying to follow in the footsteps because of what everyone else said. Again, the role of a stepmom coming in and speaking life and speaking encouragement and seeing things that other people don't see because everyone said, oh, your mom ran track. You're going to be a track star. It's like, actually, I like to sing, you know, but she didn't get the permission until I said, you have the permission to do what you are good at. So. I love that. I think that example is so perfect for representing how society has all of these opinions on how people should react or grieve or show up in their families or in life. And as the stepmom, it's up to us to challenge the status quo. And say, yes. Hang on a minute. Does that actually make sense? Is that yeah. actually where I want to be? And that takes a lot of strength. It does. For sure. Okay. So I want to talk about your upcoming book. You and your husband, you've managed to have a successful marriage, a happy, successful, blended family. All of you. <laughs> Despite two of these largest stressors on step families, the blending of the household and step parenting when the children have lost their other parent, you took a giant leap of faith on this yeah. relationship. But taking a leap isn't unfamiliar to you. Please tell us more about your book and what it means to take a leap faithfully. Yeah. So this is um, in March of 2024, I will be releasing Taking the Five Leaps. And it's really based off of, based on some biblical stories that I read that talk about five different ways we can take a leap and step out and do the thing that we've been called to do. And sometimes we feel like that means we got to walk away from everything, which that is the case. Sometimes it is walking away, but there's other times where you may be working full time and you might feel like you're supposed to write a book or start a business, but you don't feel like it's time to let go of that job. That's still stepping out and taking a leap. Or you might temporarily leave your job and go back after everything's been established. That was still taking a leap. So I talk about these five different leaps that we take throughout our lifetime and the idea that we are living a leaping lifestyle. We're consistently taking leaps throughout our life. So Having that in mind, we can normalize <laughs> this thing and not be so nervous and scared every time it's time for us to do the next thing. So it's it's kind of separate from, I'm sure, you know, we have the Better Than Blended, which is our blended family content. But this is just a, a passion project for, for me of just other things that have been on my heart to talk about. I love that. And I, I think it absolutely translates into blended families. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I <laughs> I think there are a lot of leaps that we're, we're consistently taking on this journey. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm so excited to read it. I am so excited for you of releasing you. another book. That's amazing. Where can our audience find you? Where can they learn learn more about you and your business? Yeah, so if they go to rachelgscott.com, they can learn more about me. Um, if they go, if they want to learn more about the blended family content, it's better than blended.com. And on there, I have something called the Stepmom School, which is like four hours of content where I just talk about being a stepmom and the journey and just give encouragement along the way. Plus, we have books and resources, workbooks, all of the things if you're helping your spouse through a custody battle right now. I have a book specifically for spouses that are walking through a custody battle with their spouse and the person going through a custody battle. So any of those things are available to you at Better Than Blended or just to learn more about me, my podcast is rachelgscott.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a special, heartfelt episode. I so appreciate you being open and sharing all of your knowledge with us. You have such a beautiful self-aware approach to stepmotherhood and I think we can all learn so much from you. Oh, thank you, Kristen, for having me. This has been amazing. This was so fun. We'll have to have you back sometime. Yes. Uh, let's get you through book launch and then we can talk about another interview. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Stepmoming Made Easy podcast. We will see you right back here. Same place, same time next week.